everybody. Welcome to the wine up. Um, I am your host, Kiara, and I'm without Prez today because I'm with the law firm of Golden and Malachi. And so before we started, we were trying to figure out what we were going to call them. Um, and what we've decided as a group is, although they are the law firm of Golden and Malachi, they're going to be Aunt Karen and Aunt Peggy, or in Chris's case, Mommy and... <laughs> Aunt Karen. Aunt Karen. All right. So, with that being said, the wines that we are drinking are for Chris and I. It's going to be Stella Rosa Peach. And Aunt Karen and Aunt Peggy, what are you guys drinking? We're drinking drinking Rodney Strong Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you guys are probably wondering who is Chris, who's Aunt Peggy, who's Aunt Karen. Um, so Aunt Karen is my mom aunt. Um, she raised me from what age? 14. 14 of the good years. And, um, when I was adopted by Aunt Karen, I was also adopted by Aunt Peggy. Hello. And in adopting, being adopted by Aunt Peggy, I gained Kristen as a cousin, even though she fought back for a while. Still dramatic. It didn't. <laughs> Let's start it like that. It didn't end like that, but it started pretty rough. Yeah, it wasn't that rough. You just didn't just give me what I wanted when I rough. met you. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So oh, we're going to go into favorite memories. I don't want to start. Um, I'm going to let you guys get used to their voices and who is what. So who wants to start? Uh, you can actually start, Kim. <laughs> How did I get into the position to start, I guess my uh, most favorite memory, because you and Kristen did start out so rough, was that in your 12th grade year, when they were finally going to separate you all from the advisory, uh, the same class that both of you all uh, cried, and the counselor called from the school and said that y'all protested so bad. I don't remember crying. Do you remember crying? Oh, we didn't cry. We were told y'all would cry. Oh, that was a whole lot. Oh, don't be fronting. Don't front. Y'all know y'all were crying. So they wanted our, <laughs> our agreement that y'all should be back together, despite each year in school you all would fuss because you were together. So it was just funny to see that you all cry when you got separated. Yeah, I feel like Kristen's the only person in my life who's played hard to get. <laughs> it's like, bro, we're family. Like, just just be my cousin, damn it. I am now. Yeah, Jesus, now. <laughs> Twenty-seven. All right, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. What about you, Aunt Peggy? I think it was just a little harder for us having family. No, it just just was different, and I guess maybe because we're from the south. Um. I don't know, but it was harder for us, but we got family now. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's the bottom line. But my, my most fondest memory is when you two were at AGS, and I can't remember what grade you were in, but you were on a field trip. It was eighth. It was eighth. Eighth grade, okay. Y'all were on a field trip on a bus, and uh, Karen and I were at work, <laughs> and our desks are positioned where we can face each other. And Karen got a phone call from the school. So when I heard it was from the school, I, I was watching her, and I knew it was something about a fight that was going on. And I thought, well, why, why would they be calling Karen about a fight? And then <laughs> just as I listened to her, I honestly started praying. And I'm like, 
please don't say it's Kiara and, and, and Deanna. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. And then I heard the names. And I just couldn't believe y'all would embarrass us and, and humiliate us wow. like that fighting on the bus. Strong words. So the way I recall it is that I had a ponytail in my head that my aunt had installed with <laughs> 7,962 bobby pins all pointed into my scalp. And because Kristen was a bully, she reached up over the seat with a frying pan and smacked me in the back of the head where the bobby pins were going into my scalp, poking me in my memories. And just was not sorry. Can I go now? Yeah, tell the, tell the truth. <laughs> Don't lie. It, it didn't happen like that. I was sitting behind Kier. We all know Kier is dramatic. <laughs> I was sitting behind her, and I politely tapped her and said, can you please move your head? I can't see over your pompadour. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she had. And she turned back at me, and she was like, I ain't got to move my head. <laughs> That's how it. And then she strong armed me and attacked me. It was assault and battery. And because <laughs> our aunts, our friends, no one pressed charges. No, oh, no, 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 no. But well, we pressed charges. We told y'all that y'all were cousins and don't ever embarrass us again. Y'all are supposed to defend each other, not fight each other. Mm. I actually believe they defended each other ever since then. Ever since then. Ever They've since always yeah, watched each other's back. See something getting ready to go down at a party, they grab each other's hand and run out the door together. <laughs> no, that's her. Because <laughs> you want to stay and see, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell my story because you didn't segue it into it. I don't know what party we were at, but this is my favorite memory of us. We were at some party, and Chris has a, sense, a sixth sense for hood rat stuff. It like was on she, Metropolitan Avenue. She, is that where she yes. can tell when ratchetness yes. is afoot? And yes. I don't know how, I don't know why, but she could tell when people are going to do something stupid. So I'm, you know, me, boogity boogity, doing my own thing because I don't pay attention to anything. And I guess someone knocked over a pole or something. I don't know what it was, but Chris thought it was gunshots. And she grabbed me, and I'm off my feet flying through the air. <laughs> She's dragging me out of the place. I don't get no explanation until we get out. I get out. She's like, no, we're not going to die in a warehouse. There's gunshots. I was like, gunshots? Oh, God. I was just trying to lean with it, rock with it. Jesus. That's my favorite memory because Chris is always, like, always, always picking up the hood stuff. I don't know why why you have a sixth sense for it. Can I go now? Sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, But I really don't have just one favorite memory with you, Kiera, because we, we had so many. We were partners in crime from 8th grade to 12th grade, and then after that, so I guess my favorite memories were just... I'm just, not crying, so don't don't make me cry. I know, I know. Hanging out after school and just getting into all kinds of things that the attorneys didn't know about. <laughs> Still don't know about. Uh, <laughs> and running around the city, you know, just it makes me kind of emotional. Don't. Well, 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 wait a minute. No. Didn't, didn't something happen where y'all were supposed to be at the mall? Nope. Yep. But they ended up in, in, a, a, car in a car with, with boys? Yes. No. Yes, yes. And in a park? No. I don't remember that. Well, you I rem- told. I remember. Damn, just You told. Oh, you if told. If I told, it was a mistake. 
And then, what you t- and then you told them to come to the office. Come to the office. Yep, it was. I don't recall. I, don't recall. I guess they Y'all don't, don't remember, remember that. Me no. riding in cars with boys. Oh, I no. know who the boys were. I do too. I don't. Uh, could we give them nicknames? Uh, or is it something they did? Got, Holy Spirit. That's what we'll call them. Oh. No. <laughs> Y'all remember now? <laughs> oh, you remember. Oh, okay. And he called Holy. Hell. Hell. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> this is all alleged. Um so those are our favorite memories. Um I think um Chris and I or all four of us have come a long way. We're mi- actually missing one. But um I feel like she graduated and went to college, so it was just you and I for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. Slaving in the office, moving files. Well you you showed if they want to see her, they can see her on your Instagram. Correct? Oh yeah, my cousin yeah. um Reverend Reverend Golden, Reverend Courtney Golden um preaches. And so there's there's videos of her up on my Instagram. Um so you guys can go check her out. Um so the relationships basically I I feel like I explained it already, but um the law firm and the wine up are um a family affair essentially in that I grew up and Chris grew up in the office. I mean every day. Every day. So <laughs> We were secretaries at 14. Um, I hope that's legal. Um, we, were, we, we were looking at five. We were doing everything needed to need, that needed to be done. Everything. Every single freaking thing. And um, except going to court. No, we went to court. I've been to court once that I can recall. Yeah. Well, we used to sit in court. We used to be janitors at the office. Yes. We had to completely take apart that whole office space right there that had all the files in it and organize them. And this is what happened before we would sneak away. Yes, and walk to Atlantic Station <laughs> just to get a break. With pay. With pay. Y'all were compensated. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Y'all we were, were compensated. definitely compensated. Yes. Only over the summer. Yes. Ooh, facts. Yeah. Right. Why? Was there a reason as to why? Well, how did you get back and forth to school? Did you pay for your rides? How did you get your books? Did you pay for your books? Y'all were doing homework huh? at the office, huh? right? Right. So you're saying because you provided shelter for homework, we didn't need a check? We provided shelter for everything. I think y'all are looking at it beyond the office. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking directly to the office. And in the summer, y'all were available. Oh, okay. Um, so this topic of the episode is basically going to be um, us talking about the law firm um them speaking on you know practicing law and all that fun stuff you getting to know them um getting to know me a little better because my aunt mom is here um and so when we come back we're gonna take a break and when we come back we'll get into general questions and it'll be fun all right so we'll see you in a minute going to bring it up because I often talk about my aunt attacking me as a child. Oh. Um, yeah, innocently whipping on me. She didn't do anything like that. that aunt 
Peggy. It's called a it's, no, no spanking. That's not spanking. It was love touches. Punishment. Love touches. Just, just punishment. Punishment. I think it's illegal now. No. Yes. No. No. You sure? No positive. No. Positive. You sure? Positive. I just dealt with you in a biblical way. In a biblical way? Right. Old Testament? <laughs> Old Train Testament. You got to let the Old <laughs> and Testament. And the way that he showed. Oh, God. <laughs> that's right, that's something. And he will not. Depart. I've departed from it quite a few times. Yeah, but you came back. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into general questions, um, and I'm going to spit them off. Anybody can answer. All three of you can answer. If you all want to sing, you can, Aunt Karen. Sing? No. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was my opportunity. No, 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 no. That's not what this is. All right, everybody so, knows. No. no. <laughs> So, what attracted you three to law? You can give your individual stories or whatever the case. I feel like I've heard your story before, Aunt Karen, but I don't remember because I'm old. So, what attracted you guys to law? I, I, mine was the uh, civil rights movement and the death of Martin Luther King Jr. And um, when he died, I was in elementary school, and my mom came to the school to get us because they were riding in D.C. Did you get a TV? No. Jesus. No, 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 no. <laughs> First off, when you're rioting, all bets are off. Not that I've rioted before. Oh, well, 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 there's rioting. You? I was looting. in the fourth grade. What's, What's that, the 10? difference? That was 10. She was 10 years old. Out in the suburbs now, okay? Oh, okay. Okay, my mom came to get me, and I was so upset about the death of Martin Luther King Jr. that I wanted to go out and ride, catch the bus or the car to D.C. Y'all get that? That's, that's how much I thought I was hood. Okay. And then uh, my mom said to me that uh, Martin Luther King would want you to finish school and fight and be a, be a lawyer like Thurgood Marshall. And from that day on, I guess I can say April 4th, 1968, I decided to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I can say 1974. I was in the ninth grade. And it was the first year that they had busing in Memphis. And I was bused and had to go to a white school. So we called it junior high, which y'all call middle school now. And I was in a speech contest. And in the speech, which I didn't want to be in, but the, the teacher made us do it. And we had to talk about prejudice. And the title was I'm Just One. So I talked about social injustices and and prejudice, and that all men were created equal. So that that speech went, I won city, local level, and when I got to the state level, I was the only black person that was competing. And after the speech was over, um, a white girl won, but everybody came up to me and said how excellent I was and that I really thought I was the best one, and I really thought it because everybody came to me and nobody came to her. And that's when I realized that things were not fair and that you had to do something about it. And that's when I made up in my mind to fight injustices, and I thought law was the best way to do that. I would say I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer when I was a junior in college because up until then, it was always kind of something I was afraid of, like, because being in the office every single day, it was something... I didn't want any parts of. Yeah. And I would go to court and I would just sit there and be so mad and be so bored. Like, why do I have to be here in bankruptcy court? Like, <laughs> sit in the back. Like, I don't want to be here. And 
in the office. I said, I just want to go home. So it was something I didn't want any parts of, and but I never knew what I wanted to do. I was like, I just know I don't want to do that. <laughs> but when I was a junior, it was just something I just said one day, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to give it a try, and I'm going to do it. And God just ordered my steps ever since. And I really can't see myself doing anything else or pursuing any other career. I just know it's what I'm here to do. And I do enjoy it and I love it. Despite the struggle I had accepting it, I knew it was just a calling on my life. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, what I thought I wanted to be a little, I'm still struggling and strifling. I'm Karen. I'm still struggling with it. I know I am. I am still struggling with it. I know I want to go to law school, and I know I want to work with children, but I don't know if I want to be in a courtroom or any of that. And I think I started, I don't remember, when did I start saying I wanted to be a lawyer? I don't remember. When you were sitting around the table, we were having a conference. You all, when you worked in the office, we would actually sit you down at a, and have an employee meeting. Yeah, and we do. would give you assignments to do. <laughs> and tablets and tell to write you on. Tablets to write on right. and tell you what to do. And after we finished one of our meetings, you came in the office. You said, I can't. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. So <laughs> I am going to be in charge, and I'm going to be a lawyer. And that's when you said you were going to be a lawyer. Well, there's the story. <laughs> I think more of it was you just wanted to be the boss. Yeah, and yell at people and prove my point all the time. Because my yeah. point, I'm always right, except for when I'm with Aunt Karen. Then Aunt Karen's right. Oh, right. Yes. Well, you know, all, all lawyers don't have to go to court. So then, but where, how else will you make money? You can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money. Uh-huh. Lawyers. Be a transactional attorney. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to skip this because I'm not going to get wooed into law. Okay. Right Every, everyone, email mm. Kier and no. encourage her to meet her life or, dream. Or you could be a <laughs> talk show host with a law degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how long have you guys practiced law? How long? How many years did it, has it been? It's been 30, at least 30 now. Dang, that's older than us. Since 1987. Mm -hmm. I don't practice that. I'm still studying for the bar. Oh, go ahead. When I pass that. In February, when I take it in February and pass it in May, we're going to get drunk. Practicing. <laughs> drunk. I'm going to get drunk with you, too. Uh, so yeah. yeah, we are. Y'all so gonna, drunk. Y'all going to get Hampton drunk? We're gonna no. Get... <laughs> no. No, no, no. Just no. one time. No, no, no. That's just too far. Jesus. <laughs> well, anybody from Hampton University knows about graduation and walking across, what is it called? I don't know. Ogden Crossing. Yeah, Ogden Crossing. So yeah. it's a big honor. No. Well, I didn't go to HBCU. I went to. Well, you were there for the graduation. I, I, halfway. Was I was only there for a little bit. <laughs> I was coherent for like that much because, again, Kristen set me up <laughs> with liquor and card games and HBCU things. <laughs> I didn't set you up for <sighs> anything. You willingly participated. You could have said no. I could have. I don't drink. But I ain't no punk. <laughs> I ain't no punk. I don't know what you went out like. Oh, God. Damn. I went out like a punk. <laughs> I, was, I went out. It was probably, I'm sorry if I embarrassed you because I know I was Liddy. I, I barely remember. Thank God. <laughs> so what type of cases do you guys typically work on the most? What comes into the 
into the law into criminal matters. We do criminal matters. We a lot uh, of criminal. do a lot of family matters, um, divorce, custody, mm-hmm. uh, legitimation, paternity, uh, child support. Uh, we do um, personal injury cases, people that have been in accidents and need to recover and need money to help them recover for their injuries, mm-hmm. uh, medical malpractice cases. Mm-hmm. So there's an assortment of cases and some contract cases we also work on. Could I, from the injuries sustained from getting whippings as a child, especially ones that happen out of the shower, <laughs> could I have gone to Aunt Peggy? No recovery. No recovery? No No recovery. recovery. Because you would be contributorily negligent. How would I have been negligent? Because you brought it on yourself. What kind of stuff? I didn't (laughs) ask for that. You brought it on yourself. Aunt Karen, you could have just talked to me. Yeah, we we used to always call you, your father and I used to always say that you were like a stallion, like a bronco horse. And like we try to get you to be calm, and we think you got we we think we got you trotting, and then all of a sudden you knock us both off on the ground because there would be always a hiccup. But that was you, Kiara. And we always say we never want to break you. We just want you to trot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I remember when the when you first came huh. to Atlanta, uh, Karen and I were actually driving out of. Atlanta, anyway, we, we want a, like a road trip. On our way to Columbus. Savannah. 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 Yeah. On for our way to Savannah matter. for a criminal matter. And the phone call came in. <laughs> <laughs> and your daddy was crying because the Bronco, he had been thrown from the Bronco again. And he wanted to make sure that you had a good education. He wanted to make sure that you got away. He didn't want you to go to the school in your jurisdiction. He didn't want to kill me. He didn't want to kill you. Kill and that was that was one of the main issues. <laughs> so he sent me to you for to, you to kill me. Because yeah. then you can get yourself off. And he figured, it, since I was a female, him, that it would be better. You know. You understand. Because I remember you called John Thomas. You think daddy is bad. Think about living with our Karen. Because you know what? Growing up, my dad had said to me that he, I don't remember what age he stopped beating. I think he might have been 11 or something. Like, but he stopped beating me because he didn't want me to get used to men putting their hands on me. Your dad, <laughs> your dad spanked you. Yeah, I don't know anything about oh, any beatings. What's the difference? There is a difference. Okay. Spanking. <laughs> but then I sent me to my aunt and then he wanted me to get used to a woman beating me. I didn't I didn't beat you. Spanking me. Every once in a while. Well, I yeah, ain't nothing wrong with I, spanking. I, oh <laughs> no, no, she didn't. Oh not that kind of spanking. <laughs> <laughs> but I would try to talk to you all the time, Kiera. I you know what? You're probably right. Mm-hmm. But I have hearing, I have a bad ear. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're hard-headed. What? Hard-headed is, is, is the word for it's it. It's true. Chris, my side. We talked about my side. Me. I mean, I'm, well, I was hard You're stubborn. But you're worse. It's a family trait. You're it's a DA. You're worse. What's a DA, Kira? A dumbass. No, it is not. <laughs> you know that's not you what it is. You create your own DA? situation. But my grandmother, know. my grandmother, Nunny, used to tell my mother she was a DA. And that's how my grandmother was saying. And then my mother called me a DA. But a DA is a determined ass. You will be mm. determined no mm. matter what to do what you want to do. And so we, you know, they didn't curse at us. They would just say little 
acronyms. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Deanna is that too. Just she, yeah. See, yeah. see how they turn yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah. but still, it's a good trait. It's pretty for, bad. It's, it's good trait it's, for a lawyer. It's good and bad though. It's, mm-hmm. it's good and bad because mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to shut up. Shut up. You know. Sometimes I, I know how to shut up now. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better. You better. You're you better. better. But you, you better. got a lot more to say now. I'm growing. Yeah, you got a lot more to say. So, what does y'all's typical client look like? Like when you when someone comes into Mm -hmm. you, do you think you service more females versus males versus black versus white across the board? We have very much across the board, um, Mm -hmm. different economic levels. Um, The the main thing is with us, we, we we like our clients to be human beings. Um, we work with them and treat them like human beings instead of a case. There's certain cases we will not take mm-hmm. um, if we're uncomfortable with it and if we're uncomfortable with what the client is saying. Um, so, but we have a it's very diverse clientele. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's your approach? What are y'all's roles in the courtroom? Because I feel like I've only been to court with you guys once that I can recall. And I just remember Aunt Peggy uh, showing her teeth to everyone. And you doing the research. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were like the bulldog, the pit bull in the courtroom. You were like, I don't know the technical wording. We have. And you were like very book in like getting the research done. And like you were sitting there taking the notes and whispering and all that. I don't know the technical term. You know what I'm trying to. Yeah, but we, 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 um, switch off roles usually we off of our uh, particular expertise Mm -hmm. um attorney golden is a excellent storyteller so we try to some in some cases make sure she does the opening statement um i'm good at cross-examination i know and so i'll do the Mm cross-examination and then sometimes it really depends on the type of case because some particular cases get in your spirit and sometimes attorney Golders wants to get and cross-examine somebody to make her point and so it just depends on what type of case it is okay mm-hmm. all right so what are well i mean we just talked about what are your roles and so you said you don't take every case that comes your way so what are some cases or instances where you were just like yeah no i'm not with this one um a father charged with molesting his daughter that's my yeah. girl. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, uh, a mother charged with scalding her baby to death in Ooh. hot water. Ooh. Um, just couldn't take it. Uh, so you, do, you guys do take, but you will take like the guilty cases. Like, well, we, well, what do you mean? Like the, like if a drug dealer came to you or something like that, like, you know, they're guilty. Would you try to get them off? Everyone is entitled to representation, and mm-hmm. as a lawyer, we have to represent the client. Um, mm-hmm. And so, it we we do what's in best in the client's interest, um, and ethically represent the client um, as best we can. Okay. So, is there a case that sticks with you guys the most? Y- yes, yes, several actually, but. The one that sticks out to most, the most with me is that we had a young lady that, very young lady that was in high school and was supposed to be, I believe, on a senior class trip. And she ended up not on the senior class trip at all, but in a 
a whole different state, and she ended up being charged with attempted murder of her boyfriend's wife. Mm. Uh, and that has to be the most interesting case with more twists and turns in it that I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. We mm. both set in on that one in Savannah. Yeah, I was shook. I think that's the one I always talk to. I mean, when I talk about your cases, I feel like that's the one that pops up to me the most because I just remember being sh- shook by it. Why? She's, I mean, growing up, I was, I couldn't understand why someone would care about someone that much to do something like that. Like, mm-hmm. but it, now, but now from things I've been through, it's easy. I can see why, you know, she would, not that I've done that. I mean, my ex, who's not Karen's, one of our Karen's favorite people in the world. Um, <laughs> She, I would have never killed anybody for her, but I can understand being so in love and so wrapped up in the head about someone that you're willing to do things out the box. But then I was just like, I don't, I don't. Or that you can lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this particular case, the, the, the boyfriend was somebody that the young lady had idolized while she was in school. He was older. He was a basketball player or something like that. And so when she was in the 12th grade and he showed attention to her, she was just head over heels. And he was basically using her to kill his wife. But the funny part is, is that when she went in there to try to (laughs) shoot the wife, she missed. And the wife jumped up. She grazed her. Grazed her, right. Uh And the wife jumped up and whipped her tail. Ass. (laughs) (laughs) she whooped it bad but Mm. but the good thing about this case is the young lady found herself um she came into a reality of how bad she was as she told us if he told me to jump off the cliff into a canoe in the water moving canoe in in the in the water i would jump and but by the time the case was over and this particular case, we were able to get a judge to testify on her behalf, a military prosecutor, a military to, t- prosecutor. to testify on her behalf, and tell the victim's, victim's mother, mother willing to testify on her behalf. Because everybody knew that this guy was a great manipulator. And this was a 12-grade-year-old uh, girl, and uh, she had just been taken advantage of. But we used that case, and we wanted you all there at that age because – We use our case to teach you uh, about life. And, Mm -hmm. for example, cases where young girls would get on buses and carry, the the boyfriend would ask them to carry a bag with them and then wind up getting arrested for carrying drugs. And we would always tell you all about those type of cases. Or somebody in the car and the police stops them and there's drugs in the car and we, the girl would get arrested or the girl would get pro- prosecuted or the boy would get prosecuted. We would tell you about those cases to teach you lessons because we didn't want the same thing to happen to you all. Mm-hmm. We hope y'all learned something from it. No, I did. I mm. thought you were about to say you didn't. I was going to say, <laughs> dang, hold that in, Because that one, I didn't understand at the time either, but now I do see how... Like, your mind can be manipulated quite easily, mm-hmm. especially when you idolize someone mm-hmm. and you think of them, you think better of them more so than you think of yourself. Right, right. So, they're, you know, I don't think I've guy. ever idolized anyone. I think the most I've idolized is you, but I don't think I've 
idolized anything. But sometimes it's not just idolized. In that particular case, it's idolized. Yeah. But sometimes you get caught up trying to fix people. Well, yeah. that's my thing. And, I like the yeah. fixer-upper. And no matter right. how bad they get, you keep trying to fix them up. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize that you're going down. Down and down and down. All right, all right, all <laughs> you can, right. You, know, you, you sacrifice yourself. You sacrifice yourself. And you got to know when to get out. And you got to know when something is detrimental and, and harmful to hurting yourself. You got to know. So, yeah. so this is when I sing Whitney. All right. The greatest love of all. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> I was not prepared emotionally for songs. <laughs> but we were all going to let you have it, I feel like. <laughs> Everybody said no. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people seeking legal advice? And the reason I'm asking this is because uh, is it like therapy in that for me, when I'm looking for a therapist, it has to be someone that reflects me because I don't want to go to a white therapist and I'm explaining to them black struggle, black issues, being a black woman, you know, natural hair, somebody, I need somebody who specializes in gay things because I don't want to sit there with someone who doesn't understand gay things and is trying to figure out how gay sex works or lesbian sex works. I need people who know or have experienced things similar to me. So is it the same way when you're looking for a lawyer? I think I, I would give it a good example. It was a, a criminal case we won, and um, the guy was being charged for beating uh, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter. But it, it was false. The charges were false. But because we understood motherhood, mm-hmm. we were able to present to the jury the real story. For example, the young lady came on the stand basically looking like a librarian. And this is a lesson for other people, too. But we pulled up her Facebook page where her tail was all out and pictures where his hand was all on her tail. So that blew that picture. And they made this, concocted this story about how he was beating the daughter and how he was beating the wife. And so we got, when we were cross-examining the daughter, we were talking about how much pain she was and that she she was screaming and she was yelling and she was saying how she was just trying to fight them off all by herself. She was fighting them all and she was screaming. And then we said, well, where was your mama? Because her mama was supposed to be in the room. Oh, she was off doing her own thing. So the women in the jury, even the men, were like, oh, this Mm-mm. is a lie. Not a mama. Not a mama. And afterwards, when we talked to the jury, they said, no way in the world your child is up there screaming and yelling and you off doing your own thing. So that's an example of knowing relationships as women. Uh, and even in rape cases, the thing is, is you know, it, it, it looks bad for if you're representing a man it's good to have females sitting next to you um, right. it, for the dynamics of the case. Um, so it just depends on each case what is needed. But most of all, Attorney Golden, what you always say is that you have to treat them like human beings. You, you have mm-hmm. to find someone that treats you like a human being. Because you, you shouldn't be scared of your lawyer. You shouldn't be scared to go talk to a lawyer. You should be able to relate because you got to tell them what's going on, and you got to make them understand because nobody knows your story better than you. So you have to explain it to the lawyer, and then it's the lawyer's job to be able to relay that story to whether it's a jury or a judge. But 
you, you can't say I got a lawyer. Um, they don't know me. They don't know what I'm going through. Um, I can't relate to them. And so I think a lot of people say about us that they end up saying we're like their mamas. We're like their aunties. aunties. Mm-hmm. We're like their friends. You know, we care. And, and, and we really do. We, we kind of try to treat everybody like family and, and get to know them because that's the best way to represent them. Mm. Um, I would say that they should look for experience. And I know that's someone from someone who's young and who just graduated from law school. But I think as someone putting myself in the person's shoes looking for an attorney, you should be looking for someone who has some experience with being in the courtroom, not even just being in the courtroom, experience with people. Because talking to people and getting a feel for things is honestly half of the battle. Mm -hmm. So I think you should find a lawyer who has experience with reading people and reading situations. And quite honestly, your attorney should be able to read you. That's very true. When you walk into the room. So look for that. Look, yeah. They should be able to read you. And we, we, we can. can. And, and so and somebody we, coming in there lying, y'all know. We, we tell them know. all. We have to tell them all so that we can break through the glass because the worst thing is to go to court and be surprised. Mm. So if, if you have to be fake with us, then we don't know what's going to happen in the courtroom. Okay. Yeah, and I know not experience so much as them being older, but just like I said, experience with people, situations, and picking people apart mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. And y'all are good at that. Oh, really? Picking people apart mentally. <laughs> well, I, I think that comes from, you know, experience and then coming from <clears throat> different walks of life and, and, and different parts of the, you know, the United States. And it, each, each person brings something different to the table. And that, that can be used. And I think that we are real good at knowing the other party's strengths strengths mm-hmm. and so and and we're good at using it so if i know that attorney malachi can find out what the law is on a particular matter and that's her strength then i'm going to use that and i don't have a problem using it and if she knows that <clears throat> i can make a person say feel comfortable or open up more to me or maybe get the jury to feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a problem using that. So I, I think that's why we work together. We work together well. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy is, this is kind of off topic, but not. With you being the person that gets people more comfortable, when I bring people around y'all that I date, and it is very rare that I bring people <laughs> around y'all that I date, do you know the person I actually tell them to fear is Aunt Peggy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Aunt Peggy don't care <laughs> at all. Aunt Peggy do not care. And she does interrogate. And we'll sit and I can't say nothing because Aunt mm-hmm. Peggy be like, well, you let them answer. And I'm like, I don't need them to answer. <laughs> yeah, who's their mama? What would their daddy yeah, do? Right. I used to hate that growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, dang, why do you need to know what his You know what? What if they have mothers and fathers, and what their parents do or how they are? It's important because the parents are the child's first. Uh, I guess what they follow their first image. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so it's important. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have a problem. You you bring whoever around me. That's why they're going to come around. And quite honestly, they shouldn't have a problem answering the questions. No. It ain't even that. It's that I, I know my Aunt Peggy... So my aunt, will tr- my aunt will try. My biological aunt will sit up here, and she'll try to be sweet. <laughs> like she genuinely will be sweet. And then when you leave, we'll have a whole conversation about you. And Aunt Peggy will look you in your eye, and you will feel every piece of whatever true. she thinks about you. <laughs> because and it will not be a secret. It's not about being. It's not about you are my child, and I'm looking out for your well being. And can't know anybody have you. That's just the bottom line. So I got to know. And I'm going to know. Lord. And I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's just it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So who you with now? So we're going to take a break. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> a wonderful day. I'm awake and I'm ready to play all the games. going to get into the nitty gritty of it well it's not really the nitty gritty it's just the part about me so um, <laughs> for you guys how was it raising children and practicing and all you Aunt peggy had a, a husband and Aunt karen and i were out here single momming it we, we had your dad in dc oh well i mean but he wasn't living in the house with us right. mr lafayette's in the house right mm-hmm. that's true so how was it like raising children and practicing law? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a juggling act. I thought I did pretty well at it, but I later learned that maybe I didn't do quite as well as I thought. You my, did well. You did well. My plan was was initially when the children were very young, I had my off. I, I was always... Well, since I was self-employed, I had my office set up where if they got out of school at 3 o'clock, then at 3 o'clock I turned from attorney to mommy. So I shut down my office at 3 o'clock, picked them up, and in my mind I became mommy at that point. Um, So if it had to be after 3 o'clock or if it was more work that I had to do and I had to come back, then most of the times I wanted to bring them with me to work because I could and because I thought it was best that even if I was working that they were near me or I could go in and check their homework or I could go in and talk to them or could go play for a little while or whatever needed to be done. So I thought that I handled it the best way that I could, but it's challenging. It's, it's very challenging because you, you have to give your clients a lot of attention. Um, they pay you a lot of money and they have serious issues, so you have to give them a lot of attention. At the same time, you don't want to neglect your children because you love them so much and you want to give them the best, which is one reason why you're working and working so hard. But at the same time, you got to give them the love and the attention that they do. So for a career woman with children, it's a juggling act. And it, it really is. I think before you came to live with me, I didn't understand how much a juggling act it was. But there's plus and minuses with it. Um, 
I just remember you and Kristen, this is what your technique, and Courtney, too, when she was uh, still in school, in uh, high school, you all would sit in the chair in front of us if it got too late. And, <laughs> yes. <it would> always be, <laughs> and just stare at us. Is it time to go yet? It's time to, do you know it's one o'clock in the morning? Is it time to go yet? Is it time to go yet? Mm -hmm. But on the other side, you had the privilege to say, because call the office and say, I'm hungry. Can you bring me some McDonald's? Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have to be in the office on a case, we would get up and take you something to eat. Yes, uh, those are good days. Uh, you just went to school. At school, at school. it would school. be just That's a right. phone call away. Mm -hmm. Or something happened and traumatic at school, we would be there right. because we, we had that freedom. But then if we left, you would have to pay that night by sitting there and just looking at us, just staring at it. I just remember the... <sighs> <laughs> is it time to go yet is it time to go it's one o'clock so but um it gave you freedom it was hard work but you know you gain a lot of respect for women or men who are single parents or mm -hmm. or women that just work because you try to manage both of them and i think that's why y'all worked in the office so much because we were also trying to keep you occupied so you wouldn't know how long it was taken maybe if you were working on a project you wouldn't be just sitting there watching the clock right, so right. you know it it, it it was it has its challenges but i think the most important is thing is to make sure the children are involved in the process too just not sitting there waiting yeah i think watching y'all work in the office and all that i was always i've always talked to people and they think i'm crazy because i've always say you know um, if I don't get married, I'm totally fine with being a single mom mm -hmm. because I've seen, I've had strong women in my life and, mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Lafayette was there, but I didn't really see Mr. Lafayette that often. I was with you guys all the time. So for me, I've always felt like I can handle it on my own. And if not, I can always just call my aunt. <laughs> Listen to so you. there's that. <laughs> but how do you feel it was, Chris, growing up for, as being raised by lawyers? It gave me a lot of respect for entrepreneurs, people who are self-employed. And for women in the workforce, because when you're little, you don't realize how much work it takes to run a business on your own and to have people on payroll and and then go check on the kids and stuff like that. Like, you, you don't know that when you're younger. But as you develop and you get more responsibilities and you get out in the real, in the real world, you realize this is really tough and... My mom did a great job at it. She honestly made it look easy. You know, I the office was like my second home. And some days it bugged me and some days it didn't. You know, it was mm -hmm. just like, this is that. And I talked to my other friends. I have friends whose mothers were hairdressers. They would say, girl, well, we used to be in the shop till 2 o'clock in the morning. My mom would be doing hair, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's normal. It's life. Women and men who have, you know, who need to make money and who are out there working, you know, it's something, something that needs to be done. It's either you raise your kids or somebody else will or the streets will. So you need to have them right there. So. Yeah, I um, I don't know. We had a great childhood. We didn't, I don't fucking yeah. really want it for anything. Nothing. Uh, which sucks for our mates because they have such big shoes to fill whenever mm -hmm. we find them. <laughs> um, but, you know, we just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we worked with them as hard as, you know, they worked and. And I think that's, I never wanted to be in the office with you guys. So that's why when you would take basketball from me, it would hurt. Because mm -hmm. it's like, I just don't want to be in my office. Please, Jesus. Well, you, 
think I think too that for us we sometimes it could kind of make us have a guilt complex too because we felt like or at least I felt like um, wow there sometimes if you were at home and you were and and say if Deanna was calling me well mommy when you coming home when you coming home so I would feel guilty about that you know I so you you you, you try to juggle it. Um, the best way you can, but again, like on, on the other hand, when when I was pregnant, I was able to work up until delivery um, because I could set my own hours. I could be at my desk. If the doctor said, have your feet up, I could raise my feet up. I could have a pillow in the office. I even brought my babies right to work, you know, right afterwards, and they could sit on my desk. So those were the benefits of, you know, working for yourself. So Negro, you were sitting at the desk. I've been drooling. Office. Yes. Peeing on yourself. Been meeting clients very early on. <laughs> day one. Very early on, day one. But I'd like to say to parents out there um, that have children, young children, where they're fussing about being there. And I mean, there were times when there were tears about how much time you spend at the office that eventually they do understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. The kids do understand. They didn't, I don't remember them missing any of our events. I don't remember no. missing oh, no, no, I don't no, remember no, missing no, 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 no. anything. They never, like, while we work, while we all work hours together, nothing was ever missed. We never suffered in that way. Yeah, um, no, my mom or my aunt never missed a, a talent show, a track meet, a basketball game. They, they were always there. And any complaint, it would just be a complaint, but I didn't complain when I got that new pair of shoes. <laughs> that dress, girl. <laughs> that, uh, that new coach bag. Yeah. Amen and amen. I mean, I was in like the seventh grade. And, um, I just didn't complain. Go ahead, girl. Go to that office and do what you got to do. I've been meaning to get these Birkenstocks. Go ahead. Mm, yes, Lord. So another thing was going to court with them. I didn't like the one time I went to court. I think I never went to court with you again. Oh, so boring to me. Really? Um, God. Oh, my God. I have a problem with staying awake, period, because I like sleep. But then to be in there for like, we weren't in there for like an hour. We were in there for an extended period of time. Yeah. And it was awful for me. I don't know about you, um, but I was like, oh, I just could have did this. I, could, I just could be sleep now. <laughs> and I did go to sleep. The criminal cases were never boring to me sitting in those courtrooms, but... I remember clearly when I used to sit my mother in bankruptcy court, I would um, notice how a lot of the bankruptcy attorneys would talk, a lot of the white attorneys would talk to their black clients who were significantly older than them, older than them, they would talk to them with just no respect. And it's like they didn't even know their client. And I would just look at them like, did he really talk to this 60-year-old man like he was 15, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, there was a, I would just see a lot of disrespect there, and even if court was boring, boring, I would just watch them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would just watch how the attorneys interacted with the clients, and it was just amazing to me. Like you can be that impersonal, and then I would see some who were extremely personal. So I just used, I was bored, but I used to be coloring with the highlighter taking it all in and this was you know this was before i met you so i was like me and Courtney were like life, 10 you know mm -hmm. yeah so we were really little so <laughs> i think for us growing up with them i don't know how overprotective aunt peggy was but my aunt oh, I was going out 
You, I need to know who, what, where, when, how, why, what they mama do, what mm-hmm. they daddy do, what car they drive, what's the license plate number exactly. on the car, the address to where you're going, how many siblings they have, What's their blood type? If their sperm count is low, like all this stuff. That sounds about right. Jesus Christ! Simply coming up with every bad scenario that. Yeah. Like when I was little, I used to hate that my mom never let my sister and I blow balloons. Cause she would say, um, I, I had a case where one got stuck in a, a boy, a little boy's throat and I'm That's like, right. and they had to pull it out with their hands. I'm like, I just want to blow, blow a balloon. Like that little kid's no, 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 no get lodged in your throat. <laughs> My God, it's it just a balloon. I'm sorry you lost that on yeah. Did you eventually get to blow one? No. No. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm Peggy. It's they the, have machines for that. It's the simple things. But a lot of but a lot of that with you and dating was that even before I became a lawyer, even though that it made it worse, I remember a case in D.C. where a girl went missing, oh, and man. all her mother could say is, "Someone pulled up in a white car and she got in the car, and I didn't know where she was." And that was my I could even as a fourteen year old, fifteen year old maybe because of my mother, I could not understand how a mother could not know, couldn't tell the police anything to help find her child. So I was going to make sure that I could find you. You do it now. Like, if I go on a date now, you need to know a, a picture of them, their social media account, where's the address that I'm going. At least now you don't ask for the car information. Well, if they pull up, I get it. But grown, grown people go missing too. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they do. Exactly. So I want to know. I want to make sure. My main thing is I need to be able to find you or trace you. And the good thing now is um, social media. Um, I wouldn't let. I have Tiana too and Kiera. If you don't have a social footprint, I don't need my child to date you because I've got to be able to find you somewhere. And mm. it's mysterious right now for you not to have a social footprint. Amen. Amen and amen. I think what's rubbed off on me, and I, you, I don't know about your relationships, when I argue with my mate, they immediately are on the stand. Like, I don't just argue with the nap, the normal screaming and yelling and clapping on them. Like, yeah. no, I need to know. You about to know time, place, why you did this, how I felt about this. These are all the examples. And if you think you're about to argue back with me, you better have it all in line. Yeah. Or it's going down. Like, I, everybody is... I'm, I, it's not an attack. It's just, and then people say I'm condescending because of it, but I'm not. I'm just like, that's how I was raised to, what's the word, Aunt Karen? I was raised to examine, examine, cross examine instead of argue. Yeah, I, I honestly think is is being direct, and part of that is my just my personality, and then part of that is being raised by attorneys because I'm like, you're not going to get anywhere in any relationship with not being able to communicate and, like, straight up tell somebody how you feel. Like, you know, you can't be acting like Yvette from Baby Boy. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Expressing yourself like that, you have to come to the person as an adult and come, like, with the facts. This is what you did. This is how you made me feel. And But you would be a result. People feel more attacked. They do. Coming at them like that than coming at them yeah. with the Jody back Because thing. that's what they're used to. Right, and right. They're not used yeah, to they're, it. They're not used to, especially our generation. They're not mm-hmm. used to anyone being direct. They rather y'all get into an argument 
and then get on Instagram two minutes later and see you post it like a indirect meme about them, you know? Yeah. Then you just to tell them you you hurt my feelings. <laughs> so are y'all comfortable with your dates meeting your parents? No, I am. No, why not? No, why not? Why? No. <laughs> Hell no. No. No, no. If they're, if our Karen's in another state, yes. But if she's in Atlanta, no. Why? Because nine times out of ten, you're going to be there. And? I don't have time for that emotionally. It's exhausting. It's terrifying for me. I'm sorry. If, like. Terrifying? Yes, because not. Where are you most of the day? At work. Right. So if I'm going to bring someone around, when I bought someone around, where did I come to? The, the office. office. Which means you're there. Yes. You and know, you're there now. I don't know, need that. I think that deep down inside, you might feel that they're really not good enough. That's what I believe, too. So what we're not going to do is so break me, me down. down. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that you are somewhat insecure because you know when you bring them in the office, that gonna they're not going to stand up to the mustard in the first place. And that's why you don't want to bring them. Because you know we're going to tell the truth. But sometimes, can't y'all just be sweet? Not even you. Can't you just not? Just not. Just when you meet them, just, just not. And then when it goes wrong, you're going to be like, dang, why didn't y'all tell me this person was trash? Yeah, exactly. I've only felt that way one time. That Why didn't I tell you? You, I, you no. probably did tell her. I don't. I, I, I'm quite open. I don't recall you telling me that spider was trash. Well, is it the spider that I know? Yeah, I know I told her. That spider was trash. And she was <laughs> it. Mm. It, was a, it was a little bit of trash. Uh-uh. A whole lot? Did you know beforehand that the spider was a whole lot of trash, Aunt Peggy? I was uncomfortable. Hmm. From, from from the very beginning. And, and and so what I go by is how I feel, you know, initially. For example, once Deanna was dating somebody and they were in another state for me. You date? You're going to be dating. But they were. And she called me on the <laughs> telephone and I heard the person in the background. Yep. And their voice disturbed me so that when we hung the phone up, I just sat on the bed and I told her daddy, She's in she in trouble. Mm-hmm. She in trouble. And I knew. So if you bring somebody by me, I go by, to, to, to meet me, I go by how I feel. And I can somehow tell, mm, this is bad. And it's usually right. And Kiera knows I told her, but she, don't, she didn't want to hear it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I, you I, know I no told clue. you. Shoot, I, I told, don't let her. Man, don't let her do this. So you're listening. Don't who, let her do they that. Know who spider B word is. They don't know her by name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Spider B. I even took you spider to. The, I'm trying not to curse. Because oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. It, don't don't don't, don't. I even took you to the police station Jesus. to try to get rid of her. Oh, Karen, no. But you had to learn in your own time, and that's the thing about parents. You sometimes you have to back off and just watch them. Learn. That's right. That's and right. that's the hardest thing in the world. Because your children, they, they can be, there's some that will listen to what you say and heed what you say, and then others have to go down the hard road, and you have to watch them, but be there when they're ready for you to be there. 
and it is hard. Yeah, I can honestly say, you know, rounding out this segment before we go on break, I can honestly say that, you know, um, I've pushed family away, which y'all have heard me say in previous episodes, I pushed family and friends away for spider B-word. And the minute it was go time, Aunt Karen and Aunt Peggy and Chris, they was up, they was up there with pajamas and everything. Tiana too. All of us. They, they, they all came, pajamas. right, with the special, special <laughs> came up there full force so <laughs> i think one thing well, they've always had my back we I didn't even bring pajamas no we had to go, oh we yeah we, did. we had we to go buy pajamas and blankets and yes. pillows and maybe towels I uh-huh. don't yeah we did we but out. they've always 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 had my back i think it's only been one time where i thought you didn't have my back and that was when uh, Weber, the Weber School incident, incident happened. I had your back. I was trying to save you. You're trying to kill me. What we're gonna Weber? talk. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about that at the end. We're gonna get Aunt Karen's view on it. The Weber. That's the one when she with with the the, web, the on the internet. Oh, she no, had your back. No, we gonna get yes, back. Yes, we yes, gonna do yes, that yes. later. Yes. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. We're gonna take another break. Car keys in. And so we're going to get into the gay thing because I don't know if you've heard, but I'm gay. And what? What? You came out on air? Oh, oh my God. Peggy, she's gay. Wait, what is the gay thing? The gay. I'm, I'm queer, lesbian, not bisexual because that's weird for me. I'm not bisexual. Okay. Remember, what, I would, my, my cousin is here and she's going to tell you what I used to say before I came out. What did I used to say I was? You used to say you were strictly D-I-C-K-L-Y. That's really? Not, You're not going to use the word, girl? <laughs> Aunt Peggy was about to. I'm not going to use the word. She said I, I, I used to tell people I was strictly dickly. There you go. Every day. Every day. Every day. All day. But so, why would you feel like you'd have to say that every day? Maybe because I was uncomfortable about who I was. You were trying to convince yourself. Maybe I was. I mean, I, I mean, I still like dick. It's just not real dick. So okay. I mean, you but it's just fun. I mean, so like, like, look, I don't know how to. I'm sorry. I can't I'm say trying, it. I can't talk to my aunts like that. <laughs> but it was to the point where, to where when Kiera first came out, I did not believe she was gay for about the first two years. Damn. <laughs> I was like, two years? Two years. I was like, anyone who will fight you over a boy will spend all night talking to a boy who will just like their whole life was dedicated to boys. I was like, mm. she, she can't be gay. It's a phase, y'all. It's a phase. She's not gay. Mm. But I was wrong. She is. <laughs> um, so, um, how did you guys feel? We, Chris just told us how she felt when I came out. How did you guys feel when I came out? Well, I'm... I a- was first off. 
Okay, here, let's do <laughs> I didn't come out. No. Aunt Karen pulled me out, <laughs> minding my business in my room in my journal when I was writing my then interest in my journal. And my aunt decided to read my personal and stuff and pulled me out the closet. Exactly. And that's why there's no privacy in my house for my children. Exactly. Because the... the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your house. It's right? my house. It's your house. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't see a bill you paid. She okay, no, no, she ain't paid nothing up in here. Y'all hear this? In <laughs> fact, that journal that you were writing in, I you bought. You paid for that, right? Wow. In fact, that pen she used, I bought. So, I think I had a right to look in there. The room, you know the bed she was laying on. Barbara, Barbara, this is Shirley. I bought that. You found a journal. And I opened it up, mm-hmm. and it said, so-and-so and Kiara. Well, the so-and-so was a she and not a he. Hmm. So... <laughs> Aunt Karen was like. Well, they know who they are. They know who you're. you're they know they. They know who they are. Who knows though? Your audience. The person who knows. Well, which one? Can I say her name? You can say her name. Well, I, I'll just say. Not her last name. It said Lisa and Kiara, and I'm mm-hmm. looking, and I'm, okay, this says Anne. This can't mm-hmm. be like a K-I-S-S-I-N-G type of thing. Did it have the little M? Oh, girl, it had the whole thing. Oh, okay. So I went to Kiara, <laughs> and I opened it up. I said, well, 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 well wait a minute. What is this? And she just looked at me, and she admitted it. And, and I told you I was bisexual. Yeah. Mm. I'm not bisexual. We do know that now at 27. So you were scared? I was scared. Um, I was very scared. I, what grade is this? What I don't remember. She was probably, she was in the uh, ninth or 10th grade. Yeah, 10th grade. Cause she started. Was you shook too? <laughs> I didn't believe you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing because she was such a girly girl and she always has been better friends with the male cousins. Oh, and, no. It had to be before that. Why? Because I had my girlfriend at my sweet 16. Excuse me? What? Huh? She had a girlfriend. You tell me that party we laid out all the red carpet for? Yes. Well, I didn't know the what, girlfriend what, what girl was, there. was there. I don't know. But sweet, no, but that was the next year. Oh, okay. That was the next year. It was the eighth grade because I remember you hinted at it because you were on a basketball team and you said, Aunt Karen, do you know that girl right there like girls? But I'm strictly dickly. Oh, excuse me. And I said, okay. I'm like, okay, all right. But the thing about it is. She was saying strictly deeply. Oh, yes. We were. She what? said that. Are you know. shook? I mm-hmm. paid you. Yeah. Did you talk about, about that? that? So I. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Go Kira used to always talk about sex. Mm. Well, I was the only um, one having it out of all of us. Yeah, yeah. you were. That I know of. <laughs> having it? You were having sex? On Karen. <laughs> well, I, I think we what need we cut the mic, cut the mic, cut the mic. Or experimenting. Well, yeah. I don't I don't know the details of your life. You said it. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Not me. Oops. I agree. So I don't know. I just say you used to talk about my co my my Is my there bottle of wine. Is there another bottle of wine ready? <laughs> Okay. My listeners know I've been having sex since I was 13. 13? 
Yeah. Cut the mic, everybody. <laughs> everybody to their corners. That's normal. Yeah. That's normal. That's normal. It's not shocking. When I was 13, most people besides me were having sex. I used to feel weird. Way to clean that up. Good job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not me. But. Hmm. Okay, go on. So, go on. You were telling the story. What were we talking about? You, you, the, the journal that you paid for. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm lost. I, I, I'm lost. I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, but uh, we talked, and uh, then I had to deal with all the dreams and I had as far as raising a girl who would be dating boys, and I would be telling her about how boys are and their relationships and you know the the dreams you have about going to prom. I, and went to prom. I know, but but at that point oh, I'm yeah, dealing yeah, yeah, with yeah. it, and um, that this story might be a little different. Mm-hmm. And then I had to come to grips. I talked to her, and believe me, I tried to talk to her to understand whether or not it was serious, mm-hmm. and whether or not this was just experiments. And during that time, she was dating guys and girls. Mm-hmm. I was only sleeping with. Was I sleeping with Malachi then? Uh, that, oh. oh. That's your last name. She's right? not incest. She's not incest. <laughs> was not I, incest, was I guys. Was that funny-looking skinny boy then? No. Let's just leave no. that off. No. Leave that off. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that what I had to do is readjust. The, the main thing I always focused on was that she was my child, and I loved her. And no matter what her choice was, I never wanted her to be ashamed of who she was. And, but in my own quiet time, I had to make the adjustment. And so I was always very careful about what came out of my mouth because the worst thing I wanted to do was injure your self-esteem. And I, that's always been your daddy and my objective is to leave your self-esteem intact no matter what else, whatever was going on. So... The main thing was to try to make you comfortable with finding yourself. And I would be crying on Peggy and mm-hmm. talking to her. But when I came to you, I always had a tried to have a positive, open front until you did stuff that even if you were with a guy, I would be upset. Like at the movies. What are you about? Oh, yeah. What happened oh, at the movie? We don't want to talk about Atlantic that. Station. At, no, no it wasn't that? Atlantic Station. It was out there with your house. Oh yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. It was. What happened? Yep. Um, all laid down on top. Oh, ridiculous! Disgusting! Just ridiculous. So, and the thing with you though, and I want a lot of people to understand the thing with you though, Damn. and that's why we had a lot of problems communicating sometimes because I would try to correct you on certain behaviors, and you would try to say, "Oh, is it because I'm gay? Is it because I'm gay?" And I would have to always say, no, Kiara, the behavior is inappropriate no matter what. Mm. But you would always try to go to, it's because I'm gay. <laughs> she just try to throw off. Throw off. You throw know, she off. was a master throwing off. Manipulator. Mm. You hear them? My side, Chris. Why do you have to keep doing this? My side. Because that was just embarrassing, embarrassing. And, and it was wrong and you know better. 
I'm 27 years old. Am I getting scolded? <laughs> Just remind your show. <laughs> it don't feel like it. <laughs> you I don't know what to do. So, so I can't tell them to be quiet. So, but as a parent, the biggest thing with you coming out, it was us making an adjustment, what our expectations were and you having the right to live your own life. But, but I think, Kara did some of those things, like the movie theater, to show us. Yeah, yeah, like you know, the, that. I'm gonna be who like I, I want. I'm gonna be who I, I want to be, be, and mm-hmm. you can't do a damn thing about uh, exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm I like, don't okay. Know where they getting that? Mm-hmm. From. Okay, yeah, that's that's all it could that's be. That's what. Oh, she. That's the type because of because before she went, it was specifically said, said "Do not embarrass us." Exactly. Yeah, movie theater, Kiara. You remember? No, I did, do. I do. I Peggy, how'd you feel when I came out? <laughs> <laughs> When I can't pull me out. When 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 you came angles. out, um, initially I think I was going with what Deanna was telling me because I felt like she knew you the best. Hold up. What was so Dee Dee telling you? She was telling that it was a phase. That's you, true. You were just <laughs> doing something. It wasn't for real. So that's kind of how I felt. And then when I realized that it was for real, I'm like, well, okay. I mean, you you got to do you. And all I can do is accept it and love you, and, and that's how I felt. And you, and I remember your grandmother when we when we told her. Oh, her heart. Her heart. Oh, her heart. <laughs> she was oh, oh, she oh, did Fred Stanford. Oh, and but her her. How could you do this to me? <laughs> how could you do it to me? If your grandfather was living, he would be so hurt. Oh, my heart. But her biggest concern, and she tells Kiara today, is such a hard life. And that was our other concern. Not only is it hard being African American, mm-hmm. but a gay African American, the road is so tough. And I think as she got older, she realized that what we were saying and why we were saying it. And we just knew, you know, it, it was just such a tough road. And that's what, and your grandmother said, I don't, that's not what I want for you. And she still says, that's not what I want for you, but I love you. I don't think I'm having a tough road. I mean, well, can I, I speak freely? Yes. I'm going to say something, Aunt Karen and Aunt Peggy, and I need for your ears not to keep it in there. Okay, pull out the volumes, Peggy. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. <laughs> but I'm going to curse, okay? Okay. Is that okay, Aunt Karen? It's okay. Aunt just, Peggy, are you okay? Just right now, you got five minutes. You're not saying the C word, are you? No. Okay. 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 I'm not having a hard time with life, like, in people. I think niggas ain't shit universally. Like, whether they're females or... Oh, that felt so good. Whether they're females or males or whatever the case may be, people are trash regardless. They are. So, I don't... I'm not having... I think society has changed so rapidly in the last few years as far as with the gay community that I'm not experiencing anything hard. I didn't have a hard time coming out where I was kicked out. and I didn't have that... When most people, you know, have these horror stories, I don't have that, yeah, you but, know? So I don't, even now with, like, dating and being, the idea of being married, and I'm not afraid to be out. I'm not afraid to, I don't really face any, mo- the most discrimination I face is from being a black woman, mm-hmm. not from being a lesbian. But I can h- not hide, people don't know I'm a lesbian unless I announce it because I'm feminine. So it's be- because I'm feminine, people just assume I'm straight. So thankfully, I'm not a. Now, had I been a stud, maybe Grandma could have been. Oh my heart! 
right. Mm-hmm. But because I'm feminine, I don't. People don't automatically walk up to me and go, "Oh, you're whole gay." So I don't really face those issues. Whereas, you know, you could be half gay. Yeah, I was like, "What's whole gay?" Like I'm real gay. Like people don't look at you and go, "Oh, you're gay." Oh, uh-huh. you're straight. Yeah. They just assume you're straight. Mm-hmm. Same okay. with me. But if I was a stud, it would be no questions. No questions. And sometimes studs don't even be gay. They be bi. That's another topic for well, yeah. But <laughs> wait, 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 what, what are you gonna say that you didn't? That you were gonna get real with us about the N word? Oh, all, all of them. Oh, okay. And that's oh, part of the. That's part of the. The the part of making sure you were open with me and not putting a wall up because I, the difference to me is, and I don't know how, is that I wanted to prepare you for insensitive player men. And there are insensitive in player lesbians, but they're drama queens. Yes, they are. And that's what mm-hmm. you kept running into. And yeah. I used to keep saying, Kiara, why do you keep picking these drama queens? And I would want to talk you through that. But if I had shut you off and just said no, I would have closed the door for the discussion. I mean, I used to always stress drama queen, you can call a spider, whatever, but that's just one of the drama queens. That <laughs> drama queen dynamic, it was just... I, I just wanted to let you say, just because you're gay, you don't have to be with a drama queen. You yeah. know, just because you're gay doesn't mean that I don't still want the best match for you, whether it's male or female. And just because you're gay does not mean I'm not, my mouth is tied for saying she's not good enough, just like I would say he's not good enough. And I think that's the hardest hurdle I had with you because you always thought early on when I said, no, not that one, that's a dummy. Uh-uh. No, not that one. She's abusive. No, it, your mind was, is it because she's gay? Mm-hmm. And I don't know when you came to the conclusion, I guess after a few times where you realized I was right about these particular people. You said, know, she ever realized you were right? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. When I was in court getting a, a protective order. <laughs> that's that's a, yeah, that's pretty that was pretty that's convincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you guys process the emotions of having me being gay? Like, do you guys, when it came, when it happened, did you feel like you had to process those things, or did you kind of just you swept it under the rug because you thought I was putting on stunts, or did you deal um, with any emotions after? It wasn't like it, it's hard to describe. I I just didn't know if it was real or not because I used to be like, well, Kira just likes attention. Are those your lashes? They are. <laughs> Sorry, girl. I use L'Oreal mascara. That was nice, girl. <laughs> but um, back to, back to my emotions. I I, <laughs> I I did have a lot of emotions about it because I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. But I do remember I, I thought about it one day. I was like, well, now that Kiara is gay, it's so much calmer now like, <laughs> I remember I said like, we, we don't fight when we go out it's not like hmm who's about to get the most attention from this boy <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like it, it was just the the, the tide calmed down mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the waters became smooth I was like okay mm. I guess it is real this is this cool <laughs> she stays in her lane and I'll stay in mine and everything 
I feel like everything fell into place for us because you were probably being yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about y'all? Once I accepted it, I guess maybe a little surprise, um, a little shock, because you, you, you acted, you know, totally like you were in the men. So, so, so then that was an adjustment for me, but I, I'm kind of, kind of, I, I try to be kind of just the easygoing sort in that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what you want and, and what you like is your choice. And if you are happy, then I'm happy. Um, that's just kind of how it is. And I, I don't care what it is if you're happy, but if you bring somebody to me and say, Hey, I'm dating this person. I don't care if it's a man or a woman, mm-hmm. they got to go down the nine yards and they got to answer all of my questions. And so since you like women, that's fine. Then your woman got to go through these, jump these hoops. Mm-mm-mm. So to all the women out there that are interested in Kiara, don't do it. You got to talk to me. <laughs> oh, this is aunt Peggy. Oh, shit. That's it. She's That's a it. Prize. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a prize. That's it. That's how it goes. I'm sorry. I, I think the the way I dealt with it emotionally, I, I've really had to go through the process, like I said, because I had my own ideas about how I wanted her life to go. But the bottom line was she was still Kiera. I loved her. And the the I think the most important thing a parent wants is for someone to love, be good to their child, and make them happy and or contribute to their happiness. Can't let anybody make you happy. Mm-hmm. Contribute to their happiness. So, you know, often I would think, well, if she was with a, head of, uh, with a man and he was beating her tail, would you be happy? No. Mm-hmm. So I guess my biggest thing well, was... Well, you wouldn't be happy with a woman beating her tail either, oh, would you? No, I was not. Okay. So, (laughs) so my thing is, is that that's all, all you want is for your child to love, be loved and have a good life. And if that's her choice, it's not my position to judge their, judge her, but be there to support her. She wasn't killing anybody. And and often I was there to protect her from killing anybody. Amen and amen. But the thing is, if I had pulled back, it would have been such a void for your child if you just disappeared. A void for you. Me too, out of her life. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's the grip. I also think that's what my her grandmother came to is is still Kiara. I love her, and no matter what her choices are, I'm going to be here for her. And her dad and everybody. But I can tell you one thing. The funny thing is I was always open to people being gay and lesbian and all of that. But when it came into the house, mm-hmm. it was a it was an adjustment. And the thing is, is that... Um, slumber parties went out the window if it wasn't Kristen and Giovanni. Oh, yeah. You had some slumber parties. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I remember the slumber parties. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about. But my it, house. Oh, my oh. God. I'm taking I remember the slumber party. So, moving on. <laughs> how do you guys feel now? You don't want to talk about no, the slumber party? No, I don't. No, no, no. Not the God I serve. You, you no, can recall that. No. So, <coughs> so um, hey, how do y'all feel now about it? Are you good? Yeah? 
Because you know when you have slumber problems, <laughs> you know you, you you are prepared. Like if you know it's a boy in your house, you know you can separate and you can be prepared for that. But when you have girls in your house and it's unex, and you may not know fully which way the girls are going, and so you don't have your house set up for that, and then all kind of stuff going down in your house. That's like. That's disrespectful. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was a teenager. That was the Bronco. That was the Bronco. Uh, gotta let it go on, Peggy. Gotta okay. let it go. Gotta let okay. it go. Okay. Um, so, do you guys have any questions for me? Yes, that's how we feel now. The days? Oh, yeah. How do you feel now? Um, you, you still don't like anyone? Well, you don't care enough. Like anybody. Like, people think you dislike them, and you don't. Most people think I like them. But it's not till we break up, and then they're like, "Yeah, aunt must hate me." And I'm like, "My aunt sleeps just fine." Not thinking. No, about no, no. There's some people that were nice. There were some people that I don't like at all. I mean, even guys. Remember the one that was on on social media with two guns in his hand, and I was like, "Kara, wow. a thug, a thug, cold hearted thug." So my thing is, is that um, I don't know what you were thinking. Go on. <laughs> my biggest thing is that you're making your evolution. Um, you're coming into your own and my biggest as long as you learn who Kiera is and you love Kiera and as long as you know who Kristen is and you love mm-hmm. Kristen and you know that you are not to be sacrificed for anybody else's self esteem I'm fine mm. you learned that lesson you're looking at Kristen no I'm looking at Kiera oh okay what did you learn that lesson which one about being sacrificed. Yes. Yes, I have. Because sometimes That's I why think... I don't stunt these hoes. I think sometimes I think you felt guilty about being so blessed. What? what? I think that's... And, and okay. for, so sometimes people who are not as blessed make you feel guilty for being so blessed. Oh, that's factual, that's, that's actually. Factual. Yeah. That's factual, actually. And, and they use that to manipulate you but to... But that's why it's important to be with people that are evenly yoked with you because yes. you don't go through that. When people are not evenly yoked with you, they make you feel bad or they don't want to meet your family because they think mm-hmm. that their family's not good enough and then they put that on you mm-hmm. or you're bougie or high maintenance or uppity. And really the reality is that, you know, I'm not like that. It's just that I don't need you. I have my aunt and my daddy and that what you can't do, my parents will freaking they fix did. and you can be on your yeah. way. They put their insecurities on you. Exactly. 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 But that's why I said we have to, when you and I date, especially because of how we grew up, we have to find people that even evenly yoked with us. Because anytime we date scrubs who didn't grow up similar to us, we run into issues. And that's even beyond financial. You have to be equally yoked mentally and spiritually because I can't be mentally on one level and you... You're mentally, and you're mentally in like the eighth grade. Like, Amen. It, it just can't happen. Uh, you have to mentally, that's the most important thing, be on my level. Amen. So, um, the Aunt Peggy and Aunt Karen and Chris had questions, um, and they're in the notes. Do you guys want me to read them off and then we can go from there? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can we take a wine break? We can take a wine break. Guys, we'll be right back the greatest love of all uh, I, I can't okay. wait <laughs> the world. 
about dick I just need clarification just for my own clarification of how do lesbians still like penis or you know enjoy the feeling from a strap on so I just need an explanation so I can't answer I can't answer it either <laughs> so for for me for me um it's more so a penetration. So, I mean, you can lick it all day. And I'm going to bust nut. But it's not going to be the nut. Whereas penetration... I mean, you you have sex with penis when you do have sex. And you, if a guy's giving you head, I mean, it's head. And head is great. But it's a different feeling once it's penis time. It's the nasty time. So, I think it's just penetration and, like, depth and touching something else. But the strap on comes off. So once it comes off, it's still a woman. With a man, the penis is still there in the way with okay. hair. That makes sense. That makes Hello, sense. auntie in the room. <laughs> Does it make sense to you? Yeah, if, if, if that's what you're into. But I thought, I thought you were saying that the penis is associated with the man. So if you are not attracted to men, why would you want to have the penis? I'm having sex with a man. Like even with using a strap, the woman that's on top, they're still, I can't, I'm so sorry. Hello. (laughs) We were not supposed to have that, but I mean, we're here now. But the woman's, I mean, there's still a woman's breast there. This, I could reach, still reach the woman's vagina there. So the penis is just another Thing. So, are there? I know you can't speak for everybody, but are there some lesbian women who don't like penetration? Penetration at all? Because yeah, there's straight like, women who don't like penetration. That's I true. know, but yeah, that's true. But you don't because they don't like anything that comes from a man or the feeling um, associated with the man. I know you can't. Speak I don't. For I don't know. I know that I know a few studs who don't like um, being strapped because they they mentally associate a strap on with a man, but I don't associate that with a man unless it's too realistic. And then I'm like, Hey, okay. Well, that's true. Too if, much. You, if you don't associate it with men, no, I don't. Then. I just associate it with sex and intimacy. How could that you not associate it with the man when a man is the only one that has that sex? Cause I don't, I don't think about men and anytime that I can't come from. So I care. And I'm so Hello, auntie's here. Using a a strap on or using something that's phallic, I've never come or have an orgasm with a man. It's always been a woman. So I don't associate that level of intimacy or the penis even. I mean, I know it's a male part. I'm Mm -hmm. not crazy. But when a woman's using it, I still see a woman. I'm seeing a woman. I'm not looking down at the dick while it's going down. Okay. Grandma can't listen to this. 
No, she can't. <laughs> we just ruined that. <laughs> Auntie's even in the room. <laughs> well, are you getting clarification on that? Yeah, I have it now. Because if you don't associate penetration with the man, because I associate with the man, but if you don't associate it with mm-hmm. men, then... So I can't imagine how turned off I would be. If it's just a, a sexual act to you... Yeah. That doesn't have a gender. Yeah, and sex doesn't really... Well, the dick doesn't... No, the dick doesn't have a gender to me. Okay. I mean, but at the end of the day, sex sex doesn't really mean anything to me anymore anyway because I've had so much of it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything to me anymore. What do you mean sex doesn't mean anything to you anymore? Like it's not... Like in relationships when you're getting to know someone, like sex can be important to people. Like, you know, you, you rush in, you're, either you're rushing into having sex or you're getting these feelings from sex or whatever the case may be. But I think I've had so much sex in my life that I'm detached from whatever feelings you're supposed to get from sex. Emotional feelings. Emotional feelings. So sex for me is kind of just me working out, you know, us doing it. Until I'm, like, emotionally attached to someone, it doesn't really do anything for you. Anything for me. Well, you probably Unless I need a tune-up. You probably shouldn't be having sex unless you are emotionally attached. (laughs) Because, Because that... Well, to me, that's that's an important part of it. I mean, otherwise, you're just doing something. Sometimes you need a tune-up. Uh, sometimes you got to go out and crank mm-hmm. the car up. There's a lot of people out there just doing something. Yeah. There's a lot of babies from people just doing something. Mm. I just can't make a baby. Because spit don't make babies. Hallelujah. That's crazy. Hallelujah. So I'm Peggy. Mm-hmm question that was asked was why do lesbians change partners like underwear mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my question mm-hmm. and <clears throat> my thought process is is that what i have gleaned is that lesbians sometimes not all but sometimes go through a lot of relationships and i don't understand why i mean so quickly so say you could be with one woman and then maybe that may last, and I'm making an example, six weeks and then you're with somebody else and then six more weeks and then you're with somebody else. Why not take a break in between and get yourself mentally together before you jump into another relationship? Um, so I think that, I don't think this is a real theory, but like a cup with a hole in it. Like you're, you'll date somebody, right? And you'll be... Women are so emotional that we're so... Well, not all women, but most women are so emotional that we'll be wrapped into this person because it seems like this person has everything we want. And then we find a hole in them, and that's missing. So then we go out and we make friends and all that, and we find someone. We're still in a relationship, but we find someone who fills that hole. So now we're interested in them because that one thing that's been missing from the person we're actually with... We're seeing it in someone else, and we think that's better than all the other things that this person may have had. So then we jump into a relationship with that. We break up with that person, and then we jump into another relationship with another person, and we just keep that cycle going. And even sometimes with us, lesbians think they can date their friends. Like, so, 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 so often, like, we'll date, we all, we've all dated each other. I would be very shocked if you went out into the Atlanta lesbian community and found someone who didn't date someone else like like that. Because we all date each other's friends. We date our own friends. We date someone else's friends. Like because we it's it's almost 
and I'm just speaking for myself, it's like we can't separate friendship from romant being romantic. And then we mess our friendships up and then I think it's just people just picking up picking up and putting, so, trying to fit pieces where they don't belong. Why not take a break and breathe and pause in between? Because we do you you will take a break and then you'll meet someone and they'll become your friend and then you'll think, Well, what if this was more? And then boom, you're in another relationship. But I really don't think that's unique to lesbians. No, I disagree. That's not unique to lesbians. Um, I think that's just unique to to people that are free-loving people. And um, when, I mean, we used to say when we were in school, I mean high school and college, miss one bus, catch another. Yes, what's Gucci Mane say? Miss one, next 15, one coming. The greatest love of all. She's just song I think that, I think that if it is. Oh, it's Whitney's song. The greatest love. It's just off key. (laughs) Oh, no, but. Come on, audience. I know y'all knew what song that was. <laughs> we were all trying to figure out what jazz rendition. <laughs> That's your friend. I think if it's men, men and women, I think that, for one thing, I don't think men and women even have that many relationships anymore. Uh, because I don't know. I don't know if men are not ready for relationships or or I, I don't know what's going on now. But, but when... It seems to me when it's women and women, it's like I, I love you. And then what gets me is is that you're so in love with that person, or at least you say you're so in love with that person. So if you're in love with that person, how can you break up with that person and then get with somebody else 10 days later, and then you're in love with that person? You, you, you see what I'm saying? What what happened to your feelings for the other person? Mm-hmm. But let me speak from... Uh, um, a single African American woman who's not available. Go ahead and listen. Okay, don't listen to my child. <laughs> okay. My thing is, is that I don't think I do still think that people are jumping from one to another, but I do think, and I tell Kiera this t- sometimes, that people use sex and relationship as a distraction, not to deal with their own self, Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. not to deal with their, what they need to fix about their own self. Mm-hmm. And, um, I always say, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie monster ball and they see this beautiful woman, Harry, no. Harry, Halle Berry. And I think it's John, John <laughs> boat vote have sex. And in that act, she says, just make me feel good. And I think a lot of people go into relationships and have sex with multiple partners because they just want to feel good rather than deal with the problem that confronts them. The hardest person to change is yourself. So as long as you're focused on someone else, then you don't really have to focus. You can blame them for your problems. You can blame them for themselves, you know, what their problems are. So I really don't, I really think sex is a, can be a distraction. And anybody that has a high body count, as mm. I learned that terminology from my niece, anybody that has a high body count, you need to think about. <laughs> well, what's a high body count? First off, we're not focused on that, Aunt Peggy. Well, well hold on. I want to know what a high body count is. And wasn't it Robert Duvall? Robert Duvall, I'm sorry. Okay, Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. I'm sorry. Okay. John Vogt, I'm sorry. You, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
but Robert Duvall. <laughs> um, a high body count, and high is depending relative. on relative. And I won't talk about numbers because I've already referred to different people. But when you have several multiple partners. Is this what a high body count Yeah, when you have several multiple partners. Ooh, okay. And you have different par partners. And each partner, I'm so in love, and this is so special. And I think sometimes you have to come to terms with the one thing consistent in these relationships that self-destruct is you. Mm -hmm. That feels like a lot of shade. And if you don't fix yourself, you're going to stay in destructive relationships. So to make sure I'm clear, high body count means you sleep with a lot of people? Yeah, and I think it's for oh, distraction. okay, gotcha. Yeah, you keep sleeping with a lot of people. Now, some people sleep with a lot of people under the guise I love each other, each one. Some people sleep in the, with different people just saying because it feels good and I'm free and, and living. But the bottom line is you're not focused on yourself. So Kiara has a high body count? Wow! You just gonna let your mama act like that? She's grown. You ain't gonna get her together. I mean, where was your antennas? Well, did you say hose? you had so much sex, right? First off, first off, the point is God is good and on time. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, did, what did Reverend Golden say? Relate, relax, release. No, she no. said. She said, "Press, per pray, and persevere." Yeah, persevere past this point. So, uh, <laughs> I want to know about the high right. body count. Moving <laughs> right on. Uh, <laughs> whose question was discrimination? Do you still get looks? Mine. Oh, you just on the roll, Aunt Peggy. <laughs> just that was mine. Um. So, um, I don't really. I get looks, but I don't care. I'm very about. I'm a lot. I'm big on normalization so i feel like if i sit there and hide who i am from you or hide who i am from society whatever the case may be how are you going to get used to seeing someone whose life is different than yours me trying to hide who i am to appease you i'm just not going to do it now what i will say is i am less comfortable being with my mate around people who are not black than the opposite so like i could be around a whole bunch of aunties and stuff and be fine but around white folk, I'm uncomfortable. But the reason I'm uncomfortable is because white people people have this privileged way of thinking they can run up on black people or any people that is not white, no matter what, whether they're gay, whether they're on their phone, whether um, they're black, whether they're driving, whether anything. And so I think my mine is situational. So I'm in the PDA. I'm always going to have PDA. I'm always going to be affectionate because that's who I am. I'm a cancer. But at the end of the day... I'm more comfortable being affectionate around black people than I am around white people. So would you say you would display PDA more in Atlanta than you would in, say, Florida? What part of Florida? Not Miami. Oh, then yes. <laughs> then mm. yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can't they just shoot people in Or Florida? like Mississippi. Hell, I'm not going to Mississippi, damned. Or Memphis. I will go to Memphis. For the ribs. But would you show public display of affection? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Well, I just think I think the further south I get, or the more mm-hmm. backwards south I am, I'm less likely. Why to do you have to call it backwards? I'm not referring to Memphis as backwards. I'm, I'm Peggy, get out your feelings. I'm not talking about your hometown. You simmer down over there. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was saying like any the further south I get, there's more southern or more that comes. It's not, it goes from being southern to country. Yeah. I think I'm less likely to be a certain way. That's understandable. Yeah, there's something about strange fruit I'm just not into. Strange fruit is yes, I know common. Yeah, I don't need strange fruit. No, Nina Simone. Yeah, like that's Nina yeah, Simone. Nina Simone. <laughs> yeah, common. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> not like us. I was thinking about Carmen McRae, but it's Nina Simone. I thought she was talking about common. So, but you weren't common. talking about that kind of strange <laughs> fruit. No, I thought she was talking about strange fruit. Oh, well, I just leave that alone. <gasps> strange fruit that only grows on trees in the south. That mostly grows on trees. That's lynching. Yeah, I know. I was trying mm-hmm. not to say that word. But since we've arrived. It's a reality. It's right. a reality. And yeah. right now, that's one of my biggest concerns uh, is the clock is we have to vote. November 6th, everybody has to go out and vote. Yes. And have your voice heard. Um, Auntie says so. Auntie says so. Both aunties. Both aunties. Yes. Everyone at this table. Everyone that's Negro. That's mm-hmm. Everybody that's Negro, everybody that's gay, everybody that's L G B T T Q Q I A A P. Yes. And X Y Z. Yes. Um I don't no matter if you're a minority, if you're a woman. Um, well, you know, white women don't vote on things that protect black women. But that's another conversation for a whole nother day. But at some point, they need to realize that it's a cross. But they want that's the privilege of being white. No, it's still, oh, Lord. Mm. It's, we, don't have, we don't have time for that. Still yeah, that, that, privilege. White privilege. <laughs> mm. You think they were happy that their man was in the slave quarters instead of in the house with them? Okay, let's I go to the they, next no, question. No, they weren't happy. And, and the man preferred to be there. But let's move on, let's ladies. Let's move on, y'all. <laughs> well, we were talking about discrimination, right? And PDA. Do I still get looks? No, not really. Not anymore. Not, no, I don't. But it depends on where you are. Yeah, it definitely depends on where I am. Well, um, what about when you were in Putatana? Punta Cana? Um, when I was in Punta Cana, um, they asked if, you know, the person I was with was my mom. Because Your mom? Well, they're 40. You were with the old person? <laughs> she's with the old lady <laughs> and um, they you know I don't when I'm out of the country I don't depending on where I am I'm not going to be I'm not going to ex- exhibit a lot of PDA A because my aunt can't get to me in four hours mm-hmm. B because I need to be safe at all times I don't know what cultures you know, feel a certain way about what. I don't know the history of, you and know. And what did your daddy teach you? Be aware of your environment. So, and find all the exits. So, I don't have time to be caught up and go missing because somebody saw something they didn't like and they called their cousin Pookie and it's a whole, I don't have time for that. So, when I'm out of the country, when I'm out of the country in a non-European country, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to exhibit a lot of PDA. Hmm. Yeah. So, who's, I don't know why I asked whose question this is. <laughs> Religion and gays. That's my. <laughs> That's my question. I'm Peggy. What? What about religion and gays? 
Well, traditionally, I have heard that the Bible, the Bible says, or used to, well, says that gay people or gay people may not get to heaven. Mm, I'm going where my aunt go. So I'm going to heaven. Okay. <laughs> See what, then? And so I guess I want to know what is, what's the take on that? How, how, how do people feel about that based on what religion says or what the Bible says? So I feel for me, I don't believe, I don't, my last name is Malachi for the love of God. But last chapter, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Bring all the tithes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so that I might have some chicken. That's exactly how the court. Anyway, so I don't take the Bible to heed because the Bible was a book written by a man who translated from God. So he could have wrote whatever he wanted, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's been translated over and over and over and over again. It was the King James Version was written to control the masses. and the, So I don't, that's the one thing. The Bible, I only take it so far. Great stories, you know, good mm-hmm. stories, good morality stories, absolutely. But Some immorality yeah. stories. So then with the gay thing, Christians want to hold on to this gay being such a sin it's such a horrible thing but there's so many sins mm-hmm. in the bible god was just not taking his foot off nobody's neck for a while in the bible so if we're gonna ch- shout out one sin all no sin is greater than the other sin apparently allegedly mm-hmm. that's what i heard that's what the bible so says. why now is my gayness such an affliction on you when your first lady is sitting right in front of you and you're sleeping with sister Sue and sister, sister Jane Sue and all of that. And yada, yada, mm-hmm. or worst case scenario, you're sleeping with some of the little boys in the choir. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, Hey, whoop, 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 and you got STDs flowing through the church. Should have been a hundred, should have been a hundred. Right. So, but so my thing is like, what do you do? What's the difference? What, why is my sin? I've, I've found some, I haven't yet, but I mean, ideally, I found someone who loves me. I found someone who honors me, who cherishes me. I'm having a kid, so I'm serving my purpose. But biblically, I'm serving my purpose. When I have a baby, when, when it's I have a purpose. Chaps, no, I'm saying based on purpose? the Bible, like women are supposed to have chaps. Really? Be fruitful, be fruitful and go out and open your legs. Well, why couldn't fruitful be become a lawyer? You think and... they were thinking that? No, I know that. Okay. So (laughs) what I'm saying is, why is my sin when I'm living my life and I found someone who loves me in the way that I believe God intends, but it's wrong, but you can go out fingering little boys in the booty holes. I don't get it. I think people pick and choose. Absolutely. What they want want to count as a sin and what they do and don't want to count as a sin. I think people pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Which is, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, unless we're all about to stop eating crab legs, I don't want to hear nobody's mouth. Oh, shellfish. Shellfish, crab legs, all of it, lobster. Shrimp. All of it. So what you're saying is, if even though you're gay, you, you can go to heaven. Yeah. And well, heaven, the New the Testament. The paved, paved with somebody's good intentions. Well, well, the New Testament is all about love. Right, and I've been living on all these hoes. Now, listen, Kiara Malachi. <laughs> I'm just well, trying to see how far. I don't know if you've been loving on them. I'm Peggy. I'm a Malachi woman. It's loving. It's distraction. <laughs> I'm Karen. 
have my back. Distraction. (laughs) (laughs) So whose question is, this is Chris's question. You want me to ask it? Yeah, you can say. Do you think that child molestation and rape plays a part in people's sexuality? Okay, guys, this is heavy. So I think that it plays a part in, I think, being mentally conflicted in who you are. Mm, that's true. Not saying that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a lesbian, mm-hmm. right? I love women, whatever the case may be. My, someone I know loves men both of us have been raped by men Mm -hmm. right i've also been raped by a woman Mm. i still love women i don't love men the person i know raped by only a man loves men i don't think that person's ever done anything with a woman so i i think it bears on your ability to have healthy relationships whether or not it's a man or woman but I don't think it affects your sexuality. I think it affects the way you have a healthy relationship, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Because I was thinking of the question coming from a sense of people who are molested as children in the developing phase. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking if you were, you know, that could a- affect you if you were molested by a man starting from when you were maybe six years old. And, you know, I know if that was me, that would make me terrified of men. So I try to figure out, does that play a role in some people's sexuality? Like, Well, for you, that would make yeah. you, that could make you terrified of men before someone else that might make them feel like the way to have power over a man is to sleep with him. And so they might mm-hmm. think that by sleeping with them, they can control that man unlike the man that they couldn't control that was raping them. So I really Mm -hmm. think it just depends on somebody's mental health, honestly. And I recommend that you talk to a neutral party, a therapist, to work out your decision on who you want to be. Definitely. A word from the law firm (laughs) of Golden and Malachi. (laughs) Because I've been in therapy. When we start therapy, how old was I? 10th grade, I think. Yeah, I was, I've been in therapy. No, ninth grade, I'm sorry. Ninth grade. I don't remember. I know that I started therapy pretty young because my aunt recognized that she, you didn't know in ninth grade what had happened, but you knew that something had happened and I needed to talk to someone. And I think what I realized most of all is that you need to talk to a neutral party. Definitely. And a lot of parents. Because when I told you, you wanted to get the gun. Yes. Well, me too. Yes, all of us. And the thing is, is that the neutral party can let you be free because then you want, and you're talking to the person, you don't feel like you have to protect the person at the same time. The whole focus on is on you and sharing uh, what's bothering you and your ideas. And that's why I think a therapist is so important. And parents that think that they can talk to their child neutrally about issues so conflicting and that causes so much pain. I think it's impossible to be neutral. It's impossible. It's impossible. You want to put the wagon around them. You um, Sometimes your reflex is to redirect their conversation and say it didn't happen. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to have conversations, even as an adult, with a neutral party. 
just a therapist. There's someone that can listen to you and that can help you work out what you need to work out. Mm. So after this recording, this podcast with me, do you feel like you learned anything about me that you didn't know? Or did you learn anything from growing up with strictly dickly Kiara to gay Kiara (laughs) to now Kiara? Have you learned anything at all in raising us into the women we are still becoming? What things have you learned along the way? Ooh, you weren't ready. No, (laughs) I am still thinking. I think, um, I've learned so much and I have so much respect before. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) This time I wasn't focused on you. I know that's unusual, but before you care, I was just a woman focused on being a lawyer and having a career. Mm, I I, changed your life. I mean, that, that has been me since 1968. And what I year did was that 68. Oh, okay. And I did not understand the responsibilities, the demands of being a mother mm-hmm. or a parent. Okay, a mother. That a mother. I a didn't mother. understand the nights you go to sleep just crying because you can't fix it, or you don't know the answer. You don't know how to make it work. Um, When your child is going a direction that you have no control of and you cry in private, but you know when you see that child, you have to put on this bright-eyed, good, strong face. Have I ever seen you cry? Never, Mm because I would be in the room at night. And I would come out because my most important objective was to never, that's why I never destroy your self-esteem because I knew that was the key to your survival. Mm. And that was the most important thing to me, not to be so selfish about my dreams to destroy yours or destroy who you are. So, and the demands of it, how to manage it, women, mothers, single mothers, even Mothers that are married, you know, a mother plays a crucial role in raising a child. Mm -hmm. A father does too, but that hands-on is usually in the mother's lap. Mm -hmm. And I did not understand it, and I began to respect it after after you were here for six months. And then I understood how you had to give your child the freedom to be who they are but at the same time direct them. So with you, it has been an adventure because you're such a strong-willed DA, and you're so intelligent. And I would have to up my game. Talk dirty, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I would have to up my game game. as you got older because she was a master at, okay, this is how she moves. This is how Karen's going to move. And then at some point I would, oh, she knows that way. I'm being played. Let me change my approach. And I'm going to tell all mothers out there, your children are watching you and they're learning how to work you. And I would have to change my approach and keep moving and moving. So I learned so much about you, but the most, but one thing has never changed. 
that you're a beautiful woman. Tell them. A beautiful a child. And a you're what? I'm a snack. Okay. A snack. You're a whole meal, as Kristen said. <laughs> <laughs> and that I just needed to direct you in the direction that you needed to go. Mm-hmm. But mothers, that is not an easy job Mm-mm. in no way no shape and form. And I'm I've glad wa- I made it easy for you. You didn't do nothing to make it easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's watching Krista and Courtney, Carolyn, Tiana, Makata, all of them grow. And you just watch them grow into flowers. So many girls. That's so right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Just too many of them. We have one boy. Who? Oh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all didn't do too well on that one. He eloped. Where was your antennas? Because he's independent. We raised you all to be independent. Oh, so I can go get eloped? No. no. Who will have to bring him by so we can ask some questions. Well, it won't be a him, but I got Her. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know it won't be a him. So I guess the lesson is, is that... Um, you just gotta let them. You gotta you gotta teach them, and you gotta let them let believe it's their life. Love them, and and even though we talked about the Bible, I'm a staunch Christian, and Kira, I am. Even though I might care, and, le- and ladies and gentlemen, let me let you know, Kiara is too. In fact, when Kiara was in wow, uh, high wow, school. Wow. The teacher called me and complained because while Kiera was taking a test, she was saying, Jesus, oh, Jesus, help me. And the teacher told her, (laughs) no, she was just taking the test. And the teacher told her because it was a Jewish school and a Christian school that she shouldn't call Jesus. And Kiera came home and said, I'm going to call Jesus wherever I am. Mm -hmm. So that's called Christian. Kristen? Christian. Christian. That's Christian. (laughs) She was almost Christian, but she's Christian. Oh, God. So what about you, Aunt Peggy? What have I learned? That I am amazing, and so is Chris. Aren't we? We're, the, we're like I think amazing. I have learned we are. We are. from yes, you, are. From corn you and glasses. Kiara is. And bandanas. They thought a, they were glo- uh, uh, crips and bloods. No, wait. Pause, Aunt Peggy. Do you remember that dance when my aunt let me wear a powdered pink shirt with powdered pink Chinese slippers and a powdered pink belt with powdered pink bandana and powdered, like, white rim glasses. Do you remember that? Please tell me you remember that. A little that. bit. It was at AGS. We were downstairs in the cave gym. I mean, but for the time. You're right. Accurate. Well, I remember when I let you wear a wet look. Wow, pro. Aunt Peggy. So, what <laughs> were you going to say, Aunt Peggy? <laughs> nope, not going to let you do that. So, <laughs> I think what I learned from you I think I would say is family um, or extended family. I be touching lives. Because um, you, you, you came into our life talking and, and saying, Aunt Peggy and this is my cousin Kristen and this is my cousin Courtney. And that was different for me um, because where I come from, we didn't ha- I didn't have extended family. It really? was yes. In the South? Yes, that's correct. It was just your immediate family. And so there were no extras per se. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of hard for me. So what I learned from you though was that you were so open with it 
I was like, well, if this girl can love me like this and so easily, I'm easy to love somebody back, you know, so I can love you back. So I think what I learned the most was, was that extended family. And so it didn't matter to me if you were gay or whatever. It, it, it never mattered to me. I was just going to love you the way you were. Now, I think you needed some lessons <laughs> along the way. I think you were a bit erratic. I don't know where this is coming from. Uh, and some of your behavior. <laughs> and we had to straighten that out. But I think overall... And Karen did an excellent job. I don't think you could have gotten a better person to um, love you and care for you. And she came to me many a times for advice that I didn't know if I was worthy of giving. Uh, but we, we worked it out. And we learned. And I think you turned out pretty good. You know, they're my favorite lesbian couple. Really? These two. Uh, considering that lesbians <laughs> have something to do with genitals, yeah. we are not, not your favorite lesbian, lesbian couple. No, Chris, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> They're my favorite mom and dad duo. If they, wait, okay. Real question. Who would be the dad between them? Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah, you, don't, you don't think? We, switch, we would switch roles, wouldn't we? Oh, Lord. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that if we had to pick the dad. It depends because some people's fathers are softer. Mm. So I just think, I Aunt Peggy, know. I imagine like if I were to bring a date home, if anybody would be in the garage cleaning the shotgun with their sleeves off trying to scare someone. Oh, that would be me. That would be me. That would be me. Hands yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I imagine Aunt Peggy. Like, No, it's true. It's not just yeah, your imagination. <laughs> Just your imagination. It's true. That, it's true. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's true. They're my first representation of maybe it's y'all's fault. I like women. No, it's mm. not. <laughs> we can tell you that. We for didn't set sure. that example. Not exa- <laughs> exactly. We didn't set that example. What'd you learn from me I or learned, us? I learned from us and from you specifically that um, ain't gonna be no crying. No, you have to be patient with people. That. <laughs> mm, good lesson, good oh, lesson. Break it on down. <laughs> but why is it? You have to be patient with people that you love and that truly love you because, like I said in the beginning, we started off very rocky because of you. Know, and you know, I could have just, I, I, I just used to write here off. I don't know why. Like, what, what you did want to write her off? It, it was, it was difficult. Yeah, I did. I was just like. Hold on, what do you know that I don't know? Pause. What do you know that I don't know? I I know that I know Kristen. that it was difficult for Kristen, but I also know that I made it perfectly clear that Aunt Karen and I were staying together. So y'all two better get it together. Thank you, Ron Peggy. See, why you gotta be so stupid? That's the bottom line. That was the bottom line. Yep, I did it with you. And yeah, and I learned patience because um you know, when you don't, based on people's actions, I have to learn that people's actions really don't have much to do with you. So if that person genuinely does love you and you know that they love you, then maybe they're just going through something. And y'all might get into it, but if the relationship is real, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. you can't fight like cats and dogs, but um, like I said, 
They don't know what you're dealing with, especially during adolescence. And you don't know what they're dealing with. And it comes to a point in time when you learn patience with people and you learn how to make relationships work. And you're like, okay, I understand this person now. We're good to go. So that's mm-hmm. what I had to learn. I had to understand people and understand where people, you, you're not going to always know where they're coming from, but you know what? I love her. She loves me. That's that. Oh, I'm tearing up. You were my mm-hmm. first I am girlfriend. Too. Y'all need y'all to simmer down. I'm kind of tearing Learning up. to love. Y'all okay. <laughs> You're doing so well. And on that note, Jesus Christ. So what I learned, what I learned from y'all is that two women in a relationship can work. And that you learned that from us? Yes. Okay. okay. And that it is okay for me to be a lesbian. Because it is possible for two women to love each other without having sex. Which is the story of every lesbian relationship. <laughs> because there's a thing called lesbian bed death. With lesbian, lesbian what? Bed death. Bed <laughs> death? Where they stop having sex because they become best friends. Oh. <laughs> and this, okay, this, we didn't know that. Education. This is y'all for me. And I, this is us? we yes. bed death? Yes. We're not lesbians. <laughs> No, okay. I think that what I learned from y'all is trust. Um, that my I love you, Daddy. But he ain't gonna listen to this. No way. I ain't having it. You gonna send it to him? I don't know. He might listen to. No, it. he's not he listening to it. Your responsibility is to make sure he does not listen to I'm it. I'm not that powerful, baby. No matter Jesus what you Christmas. think. Christmas. So, I think for me it was more so like I didn't have the family that I felt like I wanted or needed in dc or maryland um i felt like my parents were very absent i was definitely a latchkey kid i mean my parents were daddy worked in baltimore where did mom work i don't really know where mom worked I'm not in that so <laughs> i think for me is i grew up with my aunt and my aunt always found time for me my aunt karen always found time for me and then even with that aunt peggy even found time for me and I think what I learned was trusting that there's somebody that will care about me in the way that I need to be cared for. And so then I have my aunt who sees through me and delivers it one way. And then I don't know how you see through me and you had just met me. I don't know what kind of stuff you're on. But that's her job. <laughs> but she had just met me. That is their job. She had just met me. I said that earlier, your attorney should be able to But she wasn't my attorney. She was my aunt. Well, the skill is the skill. The skill is the skill. And remember, I can see right through you. Jesus Christmas. So I think that's what I learned is to to trust and to be okay with letting people love me. Because, you know, I I feel like I fought back. You did. I fought. I feel like I bucked and fought back a lot. You fought all of us. All the time. You almost got fought because you assaulted me. Let's be very clear. <laughs> Not even that. Just no, just other times. It was one time in the driveway at the office one time. What happened? What did you do to me? Y'all went at it for some reason. What did That's you do? why it was such a remarkable thing when y'all were in your senior year that y'all wanted to be together. Y'all fought. Remember, I'm telling you, because yeah, I remember yeah, y'all wearing white beaters at one point, acting like y'all were 
you know, hood racks. It took a little while to get y'all into the it girl. It was too very stubborn. <laughs> Maybe if Kristen hadn't been stomping in her Air Force Ones, I wouldn't have been put in a predicament where I had to defend myself. Oh my goodness! Please, please. I'm just telling you that I grew up very sheltered. Kristen grew Shel- up sheltered, and Kristen grew up out there by Tri Cities High School. Tri Cities. <laughs> in the pro- I live by Tri Cities. In the projects. <laughs> Okay, y'all. Disregard. <laughs> disregard. Disregard. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I, I've I found the family I needed and wanted, and you, I just had to stop bucking and stop fighting back. Right. So Pretty much. When I get married, y'all so invited to the wedding. All right. So with that being said, wow. how can they? First off, no, because I've been begging Kristen. I was begging my Kristen to be my cousin on day one when she walked out the house with a Minnie Mouse T-shirt, glasses, and cornrows. So y'all been family since day one. Period. Point blank. You want, you want to deny it? That's a pretty ass. You didn't hear me say anything. Oh, okay. So with that being said. Where can they find the law firm of Golden and Malachi? I feel, Kristen, you have this information. Well, we are located on 1050 Spring Street in Atlanta, Georgia. That's 1050 Spring Street Northwest, Atlanta, and that is in Midtown. And you can call us at 404-870-0887 Monday through Friday. We are open from 9 o'clock a.m. to 4 o'clock p.m. But can we find you guys on social media? Yes, you can. We are extremely active on social media. You can find us on our Facebook page under the law firm of Golden and Malachi LLC. Or you can find us on Instagram under the law firm of Golden and Malachi. So we're just a click away, a phone call away, and a car ride away. All right. And you can find the wind up on Instagram at the wind up podcast you can also find us on soundcloud google play and itunes by searching the wind up podcast if you have any questions comments concerns cries of outrage you can email us at the wind up podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us nudes we take those and with that being said <laughs> my poor aunt nudes <laughs> oh, all love Lord. This is the wine up.